Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Dominican Dimensions, a half-hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective, featuring the friars from St. Patrick Church in Columbus. And now, Dominican Dimensions. Welcome to the Dominican Dimensions, a half-hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by Father Stephen Dominic Hayes. Let's begin with a prayer. Hail Mary, full Full of grace, the the Lord Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray pray for us sinners, now now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our discussion topic today is the necessity of worship. Worship is not optional. And why, Father Stephen Dominic, is worship not simply optional, would you say? Well, I'd say that it's a part of, it's, it's part of our response to creation. Mm-hmm. You know, that everything in, its, in, its, in the created order has its place. Mm-hmm. Stones, trees, rocks, stars, and everything gives um, glory to God, uh, proclaims His majesty who He is, by simply being what they are. The mm-hmm. heavens proclaim the glory of God, and right. the firmament shows forth the work of his hand, says the psalm. Right. And uh, f- the thing is, of course, with rational beings, mm-hmm. uh, how does that happen? Because uh, rational beings, angels and human beings, are made to a purpose, and that purpose is to show f- to be images in one way or another of the Most High. For human beings, this is explicitly stated in Genesis, Mm -hmm. that we were made in the image and likeness of God. Well, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that God has two legs and two arms and ten fingers and ten toes, Mm -hmm. uh, because that's not the divine nature. The divine nature is bodiless. So so we're talking about a spiritual, spiritual resemblance. What does that look like? Well, what does God look like? Well, the God, especially as we have found him revealed as the Trinity, mm-hmm. is in himself a wonderful symphony of shared knowledge and love. Mm-hmm. That the the life of God is characterized by the love that the scriptures call agape, which is a selfless love. It's mm-hmm. not the love, the immature love, that wants to get something back or counts the mm-hmm. cost in a relationship. Right. It's the one that pours itself out entirely. God's love is self-diffusive, happy in himself. He nevertheless makes the universe as, um, as a reflection of his superabundant and outflowing goodness. Mm-hmm. And so we are made for the same thing. We are made to love. We're made mm-hmm. to serve, because that's the kind of love we're talking about. Mm. It's not a warm emotion. This is the spiritual steel that you see Jesus loving with us with on the cross. Mm. And it is that kind of love, the love that... As the night before he died, he bent down to wash the dirty feet of his disciples, dirty from the filth of the streets, um, the work of a, the lowest body slave in an ancient household. Mm-hmm. This is what he does, because, and in so he reflects his Father's goodness mm-hmm. uh, and shows what humanity is made for. And he gives, you could say, a perfect worship to God, in this perfect humility, this perfect surface of his Father. Mm-hmm. Now, this will extend, of course, to the sacrifice of the cross, mm-hmm. the explicit act of worship 
which is at the heart of our own liturgy in the Mass. Right, so that the, uh, so with the Trinity is the Father um, loves the Son and gives himself to the Son, and mm-hmm. the Father uh, gives himself to the Son, and the Holy Spirit is that mm-hmm. that love that springs from between them and is a person in himself. So we, mm-hmm. made in the image of the Trinity, are made for that, to give, right. you know, to pour ourselves out. And then the there's other. sin. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's sin, which at, um, at basis is a refusal to act as human beings were created. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a rejection of this call to pour oneself out. Mm-hmm. Because we hold back, you know, we'll mm-hmm. count the cost, or we'll decide not to love. And this is important because love has to be a gift if it's to be authentically mm-hmm. loved. Right. And if you're if you're compelled, then it's not a gift anymore. Right. So I mean, if, if you we're completely controlled by chemical reactions, for instance, mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with love of the kind we're talking about. Right which is a spiritual reality, not an emotional or physical one. Mm-hmm. Although it can have, you know, reflections and waves and currents and ripples mm-hmm. in our psyche and even our body. Mm-hmm. So in uh, when we f- so this actually has to do with right relationship from between God and human beings. What God's right relationship with us is that he loves us. Mm-hmm. And our right relationship with him should be that we love and serve him. Right. And when we don't, this is sin. And of course, this is our first parent's sin. Mm-hmm. And it's a story of all these things that begin in the scripture. So, I mean, the very early, the very early um, question for the human race in its sin is, what's the right relationship to God from our end? Mm. And what does God want? Because we tend to look at this in terms of a debt, you know, right. or a payoff, even. Mm-hmm. You know, the person before the gods, um, say, if you're Greek or Roman, you, you, they believe that the gods created human beings for their own horrible amusement. Mm-hmm. You know, remember, this is the culture that flocked to the Colosseums to see people torn apart by lions as entertainment. Mm-hmm. So this is the kind of entertainment they think the gods <laughs> created the human race for. So what do they want? And in some ways the question turns into what do I want before the gods? And I want a quiet life. So maybe I'll worship them to keep them away. Right. You know, pay a tax the way I pay tax to the local king or to the bandits in the woods. Right, to you keep know, them off your back. Yeah, keep them off my back. Live in peace. Or I need a favor done. Mm-hmm. And so I, I know if I, if I go to the local crime boss, he might, for a donation or some other favor or the promise of a favor, do something that I want. Mm-hmm. And one hand scratches the other. And again, these are attempts to control the relationship, mm. which is never going to be an authentic relationship with the God who actually is, right. who loves us, mm-hmm. and who is bigger than, and will not let himself be controlled. Right. Because if you have God in a box, whatever you've got in the box isn't truly God. Right. Right. And right relationship, as you said, is really... That's justice, correct? You know that yep. in a sense, like mm-hmm. so, to worship God, to to give ourselves to God, as as God within the three persons of the Trinity mm-hmm. within God give themselves to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, that isn't just something where 
we're giving as a super abundant gift over, mm. you know, but it's really something that we, we owe to him. It's that, that, that religion is part of, uh, it's, it's part of the virtue of justice, actually. Right. And, and notice that uh, the religion is a natural virtue. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with faith as such. Right. But faith, hope, and charity, the theological virtues that we, re- we are opened up to in our baptism, mm-hmm. uh, these virtues enable an authentic relationship and a right relationship mm-hmm. with God. So in a sense, only the Christian can um, have a true, relig- a true religion in the sense that one that is acceptable to the Almighty. And it's acceptable to the Almighty because the Almighty established it mm-hmm. <laughs> through his Son. Right. And this is the key, I think. There's only one person who could offer perfect worship to the Father, and that is in his humanity, Jesus Christ. Mm. So since we don't, since, you know, because of sin has entered the world, because um, our view of Sometimes religion can get distorted is in the sense of like paying off the gods or, 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 or giving a certain amount in return for a favor. Um, we need to be shown the right way to worship. Because you know, otherwise right, we explore. Right <laughs> otherwise yeah. you explore at our peril. <laughs> and like, like Cain enabled it. Mm-hmm. You know, now Cain's offering of the lamb points to all the sacrifices that are going to go through the life of the patriarchs, you know, the sacrifice of Abraham on the Mount Moriah, the, the temple that is eventually built on Mount Moriah, where all these uh, sacrifices are, uh, the, the, and of course, eventually pointing to the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Right. You know, again, in the same set of mountains that was pointed out to Abraham mm-hmm. so long ago, that God has had a hand in shaping the, the true worship. And up, up to Christ, it was all prophetic and in signs. Mm, right. Yeah, so it wasn't that God suddenly revealed the right way to worship out of nowhere. You know, he had prepared his people for it for generations. And he drew us, he drew us by teaching us what he considered holy, pointing in the right direction, mm-hmm. and those things which were ritually impure, pointing in another direction. Right. And so we have uh, all of this built together. Um, and until to the sacrifice that Christ offers when he takes the Jewish Passover and changes it into something more. Not something else, but something more. You're listening to The Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by Father Stephen Dominic Hayes. And we've been discussing the necessity of worship, how worship really isn't an optional thing, it's a necessary thing. It's something that is part of our right relationship with God. It's part of our identity as being made in the image of God, God who is three persons and one God, the persons eternally giving themselves to each other, sharing knowledge and love. And yet because of sin coming into the world, as we were discussing, um, our worship often became distorted. We didn't know the right way to have that right relationship with God. We didn't know the right way to give ourselves. Or we sometimes um, distorted or or made more um, materialistic or th- than it than it should be the right worship of God. So God prepared His people by many 
many revelations, um, such as by the Passover lamb, uh, even earlier by the sacrifice of, of, of the lamb by Abraham in place of his son, his only son on Mount Moriah. But finally, in the fullness of time, um, Christ revealed us um, the fullness of worship. And as you were saying, Father Stephen Dominic, uh, when you change the Passover. Yes, we're going to have to worship something. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're designed to pour ourselves out in service. Mm, and if we right. do not serve God, which is what we're built for, we will serve something else, mm-hmm. something usually that's less than God, and make that an idol. Right. So power, pleasure, um, of the pursuit of, of reputation, mm-hmm. for instance. I mean, uh, I mean, that seems to fuel a lot of university life. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the idea of titles and honors and so forth. There is the pursuit of the comfortable life. Mm-hmm. You can make a god of good health. And mm-hmm. eventually, of course, health leaves all of us. You yeah. can look at even, you know, uh, making relationships your god. Mm-hmm. And they will always disappoint and, and steal your hope away, at least on some days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you... We end up feeding that pride, which is the basis of all this sin, which mm-hmm. is, I want my own will. Right. And, and So and, and, my will becomes the thing that counts, mm-hmm. uh, the thing that I live to fulfill that becomes my God. And right. I, we resemble Satan in that way mm-hmm. when we live pursuing our own will. Right. Yeah, and, and we, we wrap our will around something mm-hmm. that, in the end, falls short of what we're made for. We, we wrap our will around, like you said, a relationship or around um, some sense of material prosperity mm-hmm. or, or an honor or power or even lesser things, you know, things mm-hmm. that... Um, there's all kinds of things we can wrap our will around, and we... You know, we, we, in a sense, pour out our lives, and we might not think we're worshiping them, but, you mm-hmm. know, what is worship? Worship is pouring out yourself um, and giving yourself for the sake of this other, you know? Mm-hmm. How many people, in a sense, sacrifice everything at the altar of, you know, um, the perfect career, you right. know, mm-hmm. or the office that they want, mm-hmm. you know, in the government, or this, um, you know, the image that, of this perfect person on Facebook, you know, that, that they can, everyone's going to look up to and like, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. there could be all th- kinds of things, but we might not think of it as worship, but we, we, you know, we're, we're sacrificing for this. We're, we're directing our will. We're wrapping our whole will around this thing or this person. But like you said, in the, in the end, it, it, will, old, dis- an it old, will disappoint us. Mm-hmm. An old form of uh, the marriage vows uh, in English is with my body, I thee worship. Hmm. And there's a sense in which we are talking about a commitment of mm-hmm. ourselves to another, and this, and we marry we marry these idols, mm-hmm. <laughs> these we marry these things that are less. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we marry them in such a way that they break up our other marriages and so forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are people who have, you know, because they've been wed first to Nancy whiskey, mm-hmm. or or to the Thursday night football game. You know. Mm-hmm. They destroy their marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we look at this, you know, uh, what does God will? 
What does God want us? How does he want us to worship? Well, we're only going to be fulfilled when we worship him and worship him rightly. And until we have uh, the Lord speaking to his people gradually by stages and then finally revealing the truth, the final true form of the worship that God wishes to have based in his own son's reverence and uh, performance of his father's will at every moment of his life, mm-hmm. uh, even, to, even to death, death on a cross, as the liturgy mm-hmm. says, that this is where we find right worship. Mm-hmm. And we need this. We need Sunday Mass right. to keep ourselves sane. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, even, to even the decision to get out of bed. Yeah. I'm not going to laze about to bed. I'd rather laze about to bed, but I'm going to go to Mass because mm-hmm. I know God wants me there. He wants mm-hmm. me there because I'm a better person when I go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that's... And that's that's what we've been made to do is to yeah. is to give ourselves not to something lesser but to the one who is greater than all and right. who has made himself even though he's greater than all has made himself so humble mm-hmm. you know and so poor as to walk among us and even give us his own flesh right. and his blood you know to eat and drink and we go to him that he might lead us out of this darkness mm-hmm. which self the life of self will leads us into this abyss, and as I said, when we resemble Satan and end up in his company in our sin, our sins. And so we're being summoned out of that. Christ mm-hmm. is drawing us up out of the darkness and that's a grace. He is giving us a pattern of worship and life in Jesus Christ mm-hmm. that we continue to uh, continue to, to learn and to live as we make the journey with him from this wretched world into the New Jerusalem, which is founded upon his sacrifice, upon his sacred person, upon his immortal humanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as one, of our, as one of our Eucharistic preachers, Father, mm-hmm. uh, I know you've been preaching a lot lately about, about the Eucharist um, and about how the Eucharist is, is really, you know, such a great gift that was prepared for for, for generations upon mm-hmm. generations to right. teach us the right way right. to worship. I mean, what are some ways in which we can think more deeply about the Eucharist and the Mass, you know, to help us not think of it as just something, a ritual that we do on Sunday? Well, I think the first thing is to remember that for many Christians who are not Catholics or Orthodox, that Jesus Christ, when they come to worship, is simply a memory. Mm. But, mm. For, but he is there present body, blood, soul, and divinity. You know, this is the amazing thing. The priest, um, the same king and priest who offered himself on the cross 2,000 years ago, who offers his immortal body and blood and soul before the Father perpetually in heaven, mm-hmm. makes those realities, both of them, both mm-hmm. the historical uh, and, the, and the timeless, mm-hmm. present, visible and tangible in our worship. Mm. And so, I mean, that's the first reality to remember, right. that um, he is there. Right. You know, as the Ark of the Covenant was covered by a veil in the in temple, Christ on the altar, his humanity, which will smash this universe when it mm. enters it again, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, as, as when he returns as he departed, 
at, on the last days, he makes himself nevertheless fully and completely present sacramentally under the veil of appearances, the appearance of bread, under the veil of appearance of wine. Right. And I think it, it's very interesting, you know, that the, this is, the, the Lord formed our form of worship out of the Jewish Passover. Right. Not the temple worship so much, but this ancient sacrifice which was given to the disciples, uh, to the, uh, the uh, people of God as they were being taken out of bondage. And the shape of the Passover has, um, is, corresponds to the biblical promises that God makes. Mm-hmm. So for instance, there are four cups of wine that mark the Jewish Passover. Mm-hmm. There's a fifth, which is never drunk, which I may not have time, we may not have time to talk t- about. But, um, but the first one, the, the, the Kaddish cup, the grace cup, you know, corresponds, this is, uh, corresponds to God's promises to Israel in Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 and following, that, you know, I am the Lord, God says, um, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, number one. Uh, and so that's when you tell the story of the great passage out of Egypt, the, the questions are asked, you know, Jesus would have been the one answering the questions, probably John, the youngest apostle, would be asking the questions, why is this night different from every other night, etc. And then at the second cup that begins the meal, uh, it comes time to eat the Passover lamb. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing now is that there's a time problem, because supposedly the Passover lambs aren't being sacrificed until Friday. Mm. So how does Jesus do a Passover lamb the night before? Well, it turns out there were a number of groups of Jews, like the Essenes, who did not use the Passover lamb as part of the Passover meal because you'd have to go to the, all those corrupt priests up in Jerusalem. Mm. So, so, but the, the, what the Pope, Pope Benedict suggested in his Holy Thursday Address of 2007 was that, that Christ, in fact, provided the lamb right there, mm. precisely when he says... Take, eat. This is my body of the mm. bread. This mm. is, and a drink of this, all of you. For this is the cup of my, uh, the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant. That it's there that you find the new Passover lamb prepared mm. from the signs, ancient signs, which actually, interestingly enough, are also fruits of the earth. Right. So that Cain's offerings, the offerings of a sin-marked life, rejected by God become the flesh and blood of the Lamb of God who mm. takes away the sins of the world. Wow. So we had the first cup is the Kedush cup, which is about the story of the... Of the right. The, of it the, opens the up to the storytelling time. Then the second cup... The second cup is at the eating of the Passover lamb. It does. And, it, and that corresponds to the second promise, that I shall... I, I will deliver you from their bondage. So not simply physically take them up, but break the legal bonds... And with a cup of blessing, the third cup, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. Mm. And from the, after singing the songs, hymns of praise, which are part of it, Jesus goes out and with outstretched arms upon the cross mm. and sitting in judgment, doing judgment as people come before him and take sides one or the other mm-hmm. down to the two thieves. Mm-hmm. You know, he stretches um, out his arms. All these things are coming redeem. true. And then the last cup, when the wine is lifted to his lips and he pronounces it, is finished about the same mm-hmm. time the high priest is finishing sacrificing the Passover lambs mm-hmm. in the temple. 
you know, I will take you for my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Now, not just the Egyptians, not just the burden of the Romans and their slaveries, but out of sin and death and subjection to Satan himself. Mm. You know, and the road to the, to the world to come is opened up as mm. the cross becomes a new Jacob's ladder. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's Exodus chapter 6, verse 6, and, six following. and following. Right. You have those, those four promises. Which in Jewish tradition are connected are with connected the four, to the four cups. cups of the Passover. Yeah. There's a Jesus. fifth cup which points to the things that will happen when the Messiah comes the, the Jews consider to be unfulfilled. Mm. But for us, you know, the door is already here. The mm-hmm. timeless is breaking into time when we mm-hmm. come into his presence. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's more, you know, and there's more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I'm not so sure we can talk about everything we'd like to talk about on this today. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's so important that, yeah, to summarize, the worship is necessary. We're made for it. You know, and if we don't give ourselves in right relationship to God, yeah. we'll end up worshiping something else. We'll wrap our will yeah. and give ourselves up to something that will disappoint us. And there was something about that pre- for a first Passover that I want to get in, and that is that you know, if you didn't eat of the Passover, you didn't fulfill the Passover laws. Hmm. That the angel of death would, you know, you might have the blood on right. your door, but you wouldn't wake your your firstborn wouldn't wake up in the morning. Wow, <laughs> and so. You have to eat of the Passover. Mm. And this also, this worship we have, is a thanksgiving, a Eucharistia, in which we must eat if we are to have life. And life for virtue and grace and growth and right development as human beings in this world. Mm. And, you know, uh, a foretaste of the glory of the the world to come. Thank you for joining us today for the Dominican Dimensions. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I've been joined in the studio by my fellow friar, Father Stephen Dominic Hayes. Let's end with prayer, invoking the intercession of our holy founder, St. Dominic. O light light of the the church, church, teacher of truth, rose of patience, ivory of chastity, freely you have poured forth the waters of wisdom, preacher of grace, unite us to the blessed. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dominican Dimensions is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Dominican Dimensions and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Who better?